Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, you are listening to Fat Unathletic Nerds Talking Sports, the sports pod with Dad Bots. And there it is, guys. I actually said our slogan this time. Put it in pending. Put it on a mug. Put it on a mug, baby. Copyright Fat Unathletic Nerds 2021 LLC, or however the hell that goes. But yeah, one episode in the book. One episode in the book, guys. Uh, Today's the Brian Leach, Derek Jeter episode, episode number two. Yeah, editing episode one was kind of a freaking nightmare because formatting it was a freaking nightmare. Yeah, syncing the audio up with the video. I might have to one day go in and fix that. No, George Lucas that, you know, 20 years later, remastered Funts episode one. Now we we replace the guns with (laughs) walkie-talkies. Zach Daniels is now a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, yeah. Joining me today, this is Lonnie. Joining me today is the Zach Daniels, along with Brick Walters. How are we doing today, gentlemen? Hey, we're feeling good. Did you say, did you say joining us today? I am Lonnie. You're you're talking to yourself. Are you in third person constantly? Well, you know, I was about to introduce you, and then I realized, wait, I gotta introduce myself. Actually, joining just... us today. What are we guests in our own home here? Yeah, well, now not, they put it that way. We're not Jew. <laughs> Well, we're yeah, actually you're kind of right. You're not joining us today. Take we're taking these we're taking our fans, we're taking our viewers for a ride. They're joining us today, so yeah, yeah. Fair, right. fair enough. That's a good recovery. That's a good recovery. I know we all know you want to be the head honcho. We all know you want to take over. It's okay. No, it's like no, it's kind of like Michael Sarah's movie career. He probably just stumbled onto a movie set, and they're just like, okay, you guys want me to be the head honcho? I'm just like, okay. <laughs> What? All right. Yeah. The Michael Sarah from uh, This Is the End, where Michael Sarah just plays the total badass. <laughs> <laughs> but geez, where do we want to start today? We're going to start our new segment. We're calling it the Coin Toss. Oh, I wish I had an actual Steve, coin. So yeah, the Coin Toss. We're going to start yeah, doing this coin. every week, where it's a quick little roundtable discussion, a little this or that, where we pitch a question, give a couple options, then you hear our thoughts and. Hey, if you want to chime in too, feel free to shoot us a line. You drop us a comment on the YouTube channel or however else we may have. We actually got the Gmail. Jack, you want to plug the Gmail? Yes, our Gmail is funtspodcast at gmail.com. That is F-U-N-T-S podcast at gmail.com. You could also tweet to us at Twitter at funtspodcast or DM us on Instagram or on Facebook, whichever works for you. Yeah, so if you want to hop in, feel free to give us a shout. We're on all the socials, and we might even read them on air. Maybe we won't. Yeah. We probably won't, but we just might, so give it a shot. Anyway, the coin toss. We're going to get right into it here with a little this or that. So the coin toss first up. We all watched that Met game last week, that crazy ending in the ninth inning, which, first of all, what's the point of replay if you can't even get it right? We'll talk about that later. But who's more at fault for how it ended? Is it Michael Conforto? Or is it the umpire? What do you think, Jack? I'm probably going to have to go with the umpire because at the end of the day, it's his job to get the call right. And at the beginning, he did. He he rang him up, and then for whatever reason, just in his brain, probably because his brain processed, like, oh, wait a minute, I heard something. It was just suddenly like, oh, never mind, it hit you. But here's the thing. You look at the K zone, Conforto clearly leaned into that pitch. Me, personally... Obviously, if you're a batter, you can't lean into a pitch. That's a big no-no, especially if it's in the strike zone. I don't think a batter should have to get out of the way of a pitch. Like, if it's if he knows it's going to hit him. 
But yeah, he clearly leaned into the strike zone. That should have been a strike, not a hit by pitch. But yeah, I'm giving that to the umpire on that one. And you look at the replay, there was no one was going to come out looking good on that end. Yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to agree with you, Jack. The it was the umpire, I think, cuz I don't know how you what's the point of as Steve said before, what is the point of replay if you go to the screen and you still I mean, the guy was literally ready to hiya. Like he was, he was gonna punch him out, and and all of a sudden he went like this, and he was like, "Nope, it hit you." And it's like, make up your mind, dude. It was literally down the gut. It was a strike, no doubt. And in slow mo replay, it was even more damning in the set. It not only did his elbow just slightly poke out over the over the strike zone, but it almost looked like you did a molecule and hit him, like. All grazed him so closely. It was so close. I, I I don't know how. I mean, I know you heard it on screen, but uh, I hear it, but you couldn't you see it on one thing. I think you got to get out of the way. I think I think you got to get out of the way because at that point you might as well just sit there and every bad pitch you just be like, oh, it's gonna hit me, and then and then you just take first well, base. It just takes away. That's. I mean, if it's gonna hit you, it's gonna hit I really you. Pitchers, I mean, that's. I feel like pitchers already do that though. Mm. Is what it is. Well, that's part of the problem but, here is the fact that whether you got out of the way or not is a judgment call in the book. So ultimately, that's why they can't even reverse it when they're looking at the replay. They go, "Oh, it was the umpire's judgment." But you, you know what? It, to me, the umpire messed up. When you man. go to ring the guy up, even if it hits him, it's still a strike. If it hits him and the pitch is a strike, it's still a strike. But I'm going to put the blame on Conforto here, and here's why: he put that umpire in that position to have to make the call. When he knows that he's cheating, he knows that he needs to get out of the way. He knows he's intentionally getting hit by the pitch just so he could try to get to first base. So, yeah, he, he bent the rules and he got away with it. But if he didn't even try, then the umpire doesn't even look bad because, you know, he struck out and that's it. But I, I don't know. It really comes down to tr- in, integrity. I can, if I can you're stretching that. the rules, I don't know. Definitely, no, definitely can't lead in. But yeah, if you know it's going to hit you and it's like, you know what, I need to get on base, I'm fine with, you know, it just let... Maybe it's because I'm a catcher and it's because I've been in positions where I'm catching and I see a pitcher's curveball, it's not breaking the way it should, but it's still going to come in and the guys just go, uh. Like they lean in, they don't necessarily do it that much, but they know that they could get out of the way and they choose to let it hit them. You're supposed to get out of the way. You have to make an attempt. An attempt has to be made. It's in the rule book. And yet a lot of umpires will just see the contact and say, take your base. I don't know. It's just, it's gamesmanship and I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're the umpire, you're watching that. Forto did put him in that position. Oh yeah. Yeah, Not to mention. So they did actually replay it, but they weren't reviewing whether or not it hit him or no, they were, they were only reviewing whether or not it hit him, whether or not he should have been called out on the pitch. So the umpires watching that replay 20 times over, like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? I called that wrong. What? Oh geez. It's like, and he has to eat it. (laughs) Yeah. Remember that scene in my cousin Vinny, when Vinny goes into the cell and meets Stan, Ralph Macchio's friend. (laughs) and, And like Vinny says to him, you're getting fucked either way. That's <laughs> definitely what that umpire was thinking. No matter what I do, I'm getting fucked either way. But yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, I don't know how he... I don't know Maybe how he's worse. in the middle of punching him out. I don't know how he's in the middle of punching him out, and then he... Yeah, says, he oh, had it right in the shirt. Yeah. And he knew he made I, the mistake. I don't, I don't get it. Right after the game, he's like, yeah, 
I, I made a mistake. And the Marlins are like, thanks, but we still lost the game. And, you know, he's ringing them out. He's making the right call. But because Conforto decided to put himself in that position to try and bend the rules, he made the umpire screw up. So, yeah, Michael Conforto. Mm-mm. I saw that live. I saw that live and I remembered thinking, oh, shit. Here we go again. Another <laughs> umpire gaffe. It's like it's, it's be a human error is a thing. Human human error is an, uh, like a thing. So, you know, you expect mistakes to happen here and there. But that one was just so bad, and and it was just so blatant. And then you go to the replay, and you're like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna take it away from him. We're, nope, it, that's the end of the game. And and props to the props to the Mets um, broadcast team, by the way. Uh, they they were not satisfied with that win at all, even though that was their home yeah. team. Like that, yeah, even, they were not happy with the, the way that ended. Yeah, even though the Mets were celebrating like they won the World Series. So I hate Keith Hernandez because he was a Met, but I love him as a ball player and the way he played the game. Like, I mean, just seeing the pictures of him smoking cigs on the bench is just iconic. But the fact that he was taking Conforto to task in the moment on air, like, come on, this is this is embarrassing. We don't want to win this way. Yeah, Good for them. At least they had some integrity. Now, guys, I do have a question. What do you think was worse? I don't know if you'll remember this, but what do you think was worse? What happened in this game? Or when Angel Hernandez got a review of a ball that was clearly a home run, A's versus Indians, and he still called it inside the park. Yeah. If you remember that. I mean, you could say any Angel Hernandez thing that he did yeah, was a mistake. I so. Yeah. I mean, I, think Bob I was just going to say that. Yeah, I think Bob Nevin. Yeah, I think Bob Nevin was still the umpire of the A's at the time that happened. But yeah, you could see the replay of that at Progressive Field. That ball clearly hits the railing. It's almost as bad of a call Angel as, Hernandez uh... is garbage, man. <laughs> Angel Hernandez is so bad. He is so... oh. <laughs> you don't watch a game I, with uh... him umpiring because you just wait for bad calls at that point. You're not even watching the game. You're just waiting. You're yeah. just looking at the strike zone, and you just see, like, a ball go, like, a foot outside, like, off the plate, and he'll be like, strike. And it's like, dude, how is he supposed to swing at that? Or the compilation yeah, yeah, videos part. of all the pitches right down the middle, and he just goes, ball. And then they're like, and then they're like, dude, are you kidding me? And he's like, get out of here! Like, are you kidding me? He's such a think, bum umpire, honestly. If I'm not mistaken, that was when I think MLB let umpires look at the calls themselves instead of like going to New York, getting a third second, getting a third party in. But yeah, Hernandez has way too much pride to say like, yeah, I I messed that up. But Jesus Murphy, if you're an official in any sport and your name is well known. With the exception of West McCauley in the NHL, if your name is well known and you're an official, that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, West McCauley and Jim Joyce. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh no, Gene Statutor. Well, I like him, we go to and the I know his name, toss? so I'm going to disagree. He, he's Statutor. the exception that proves the rule because he's Jack. All right. <laughs> but also, when <laughs> you said too. when you said which is worse, I thought you were going to bring up the whole Alec Bohm safe out, and I'm sure this is the last time we're going to talk about that on the show today. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I personally believe Bohm was safe, and there was not even a question in in my mind personally. The <laughs> replay, I mean, his foot maybe it, touched the plate. It, no, it didn't. No. Maybe no. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our next topic. Let's go from the diamond to the gridiron. If you're the New York Jets, you take Zach Wilson, which is most likely the case. It's a lot. 
yeah, who knows? They might take Justin Fields. I mean, I personally, I would prefer Zach Wilson, but, you know. But should they decide, you know, give Wilson a little time on the bench just to watch the game, whatever, who do you, who would you pick? Alex Smith or Brian Hoyer? To, for Personally, I, def, I think this is an easy choice. I'd go with Alex Smith. He has a track record of taking guys under his wing. He did take Kaepernick under his wing, you know, when Kaepernick was, you know, one of the top QBs in the league. He did take Mahomes under his league, under his wing. Look at Mahomes now. He's a Super Bowl champion, just went to another one. And You took Dwayne Haskins under his wing and look, ooh. ooh. Okay, he's batting two for, <laughs> batting two for three. He's got a six. He's got the devil's he's got the devil's number batting average six six six, <laughs> but um yeah he yeah he's got the track record he's known as a good leader you know people want to root for him so yeah I think it's easy I think this is an easy choice Alex Smith all right I'm gonna play devil's advocate here <laughs> and go wild card because I think Alex Smith is a the better choice if you're looking for the mentor Brian Hoyer is the better of the two in terms of pedigree because if I have my numbers correct. Brian Hoyer has one more Super Bowl than Alex Smith, does he not? So Brian Hoyer brings the pedigree if you want to raise a champion. But oh, I'm going to go wild card. The best quarterback available for the Jets right now, if you want him to both be a mentor and a leader and be ready to pass the baton, he's also on a Super Bowl. He's also a Super Bowl MVP. And his name is Nick Foles. And he'd look great in jet green. Ooh. Yes. I yes. I actually, I actually, I really, like it. I like that. I really, I really like that. I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I, I personally do expect Zach Wilson to be the starter of the New York Jets, but who knows? They could try something different. Be like, listen, we threw our guy to the wolves immediately. It didn't pan out. Well, let's give him like a few games, you know, kind of, you know, let him oh, see yeah. what happens. Oh, they're, they're totally yeah. going to start Zach Wilson. Let's be real. There's no way they're going to draft him at two and not start him. But yeah, we're in this I, nice little what-if land right now. Or if the Jets yeah, are I mean, actually going to do the right thing and let him sit. <laughs> yeah, I wanted, them right, to yeah. Let, I wanted them to let Darnold sit a couple games. Like, I'm not going to yell like I did last episode. I got up, I got out all that. Yeah, well, they could have had right? Teddy Bridgewater starting, and they would have had a fantastic yeah, I, season. But no. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. Every time. I, yeah, don't get me wrong. I was expecting them to trade Teddy Bridgewater. I wanted them to trade trade Teddy Bridgewater, but not at the time they did. I wanted him to start a few games in the regular season and, you know, build up his trade value, have him kind of take Darnold under his wing, and then you trade him. That way Darnold's kind of like, you know, All right. gets you good got, to the sideline. You got Christian Hackenberg, you've got Sam Darnold, and you've got Teddy Bridgewater. You start Teddy Bridgewater. And the only reason I'm saying that is I went to the Jets camp, uh, one of their preseason practices, and Teddy was yeah, the better quarterback of the boy. three, by far. He was the best quarterback of the three, and yet they traded Teddy Bridgewater. Hackenberg was a bust, and Darnold's gone. So, yikes. Yeah. I don't know who brought this up, even on our rundown. Like As I was reading it, I was like, who the hell? It, why are we even talking about this? Wilson's going to start the moment they draft him. And even if it's Fields, Fields is going to start if they draft him. Whoever they draft at two is going to start for the Jets. But I get the idea of maybe a mentor thing going on. And Alex Smith, uh, yeah, two for three. I mean, Dwayne Haskins just uh, taking trips to the strip club. Uh, that wasn't – and Brian Hoyer, I feel like they would just bring him because I don't know if he has any more intel on the Patriots at this point. Uh, I'm well, not buying that whole Super Bowl champion thing, but that's a good that's a good uh, that's some good mental mental gymnastics by Steve. What there, are you but... talking about? He uh, held the clipboard uh, so well that season. 
That that team would have fell so apart well. without him. He had a strong wrist. His forearms <laughs> are jacked because of holding clipboards, man. That's his whole career right there. Uh, but Alex Smith, I mean, like, if he, he – I hope they would start him just because who is going to root against Alex Smith at this point? No, the dude no. apparently almost died because of this broken leg. Like after all that surgery, all those all those problems he had, the circumstances, him going to the Jets, it would be would you'd be you'd be insane to think that the Jets would win maybe 10 games with Alex Smith, but you know, I would hope that would happen at that point. I don't care about any other story in the NFL. If Alex Smith led the Jets to an eight or above season, there's there's no there's no better story than that. No reason no. the Jets should win more than eight eight games next year, but if they do with Alex Smith, that'd be insane. But Zach Wilson, I, I think he has um pretty good. Everyone was uh kind of like yanking it over. I'm allowed to do that at all, but you know, if, if you guys aren't sure what I was doing, I was simulating. I'm not going to explain that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, like Wilson really I think Wilson has a lot of skills and I think he's gonna start right away. And I think if they just keep drafting well, I think the last couple of drafts were really, really good for them. I think Joe Douglas has done a good job. He he didn't do a great job with the Eagles drafting, but I think he had a lot of input on like free agency and stuff. Um and I think he just got sick of sick of the way the Eagles are run and he left just like, you know, Jim Schwartz, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz. Uh yeah, but yeah, Wilson's Wilson's going to start, but I think Alex Smith would be the better mentor. Absolutely. Well, anyway, speaking of the Jets, let's get into their last quarterback, Sam Darnold, who's now going to be most likely going to be the starter for the Carolina Panthers, taking Teddy Bridgewater's job for a second time. So who's <laughs> going to have the better season, boys? Who do you think? What, Carson Wentz now with the Indianapolis Colts or Sam Darnold now with the Carolina Panthers? I would like to speak first on this one. And that would be, I believe Carson Wentz is destined to have the better season because I think the Colts are just an overall a better team. Uh, he needs to play 75% of the snaps, man. We need that first round pick next year. That would give us three. But, you know, that's just me being an Eagles fan. I think, though, I'm going to pick Darnold to have the better season just because the Panthers are not as good as the Colts. Darnold, his entire career was with the Jets which was a dumpster fire organization when he was Adam Gase is his coach. Uh, you see what happened to Ryan Tannehill when Ryan Tannehill got away from Adam Gase. I feel like Darnold's getting, getting ready to surprise some people in Carolina. And I think Matt rule is a good young. This is his first, this is his second year in the NFL. So he's a young coach in the NFL standards. Uh, but you know, he's, He's a pretty good coach right now. You got Christian McCaffrey. If he can just stay healthy, he's reunited with Robbie Anderson. I'm reading off all, you know, all these points that, that just go to show like Darnold's like ready to have a breakout season, I think. Honestly. Yeah, yeah I believe I, I'm gonna have to agree with you, especially like the chemistry, like with Robbie Anderson. And the two biggest factors, he's got two, three big factors. New coach, that's not Adam Gase. He's got a, an elite running back to help him, Christian McCaffrey, and he's reunited with Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson even said that when he, when Darnold was brought in, he, he was not given any help in New York. And now he's – I wouldn't say he's in a perfect situation with the Panthers, but he's definitely in a much, much better spot to succeed now. And he'll just be another player on the list of, of, of Adam Gase guys that 
win that turned out great after he left. I mean, I think he's going to be great, but if he turns out to be like an MVP caliber quarterback, I'm just going to have I'm just going to have this face. <laughs> or what if he's just a top ten quarterback? Yeah, same face. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, and at that point, just like shame on Adam Gase. It's like really, you had this kid believing he was terrible. Right? I mean, believe me, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'd love to be like, oh look, another turnover prone USC quarterback. But even though I didn't want to, but even though, <laughs> even though at the same time I didn't want to, because I'm I'm a Jet fan, he was playing for my team. But yeah, you can't put all the you can't put the failures of the Jets on Sam Dar- Arnold. Uh, don't get me wrong; he made a lot of bad decisions. Like I remember watching game one. I remember watching his first career pass at Magistown Tavern, Little Falls, with my dad, and he made that pass. I was just like, "Oh God!" And I was just like, "Don't draft the USC quarterback." I said they're too turnover prone. I said, but you know he. But then he, after that, he showed like how good he can be, and the team just didn't help him that, from that point on. And, but yeah, I still think Carson Wentz will have a good season too. I think after his main thing is just staying healthy. After Andrew Luck retired, I think that Indianapolis Colts realize, listen, we have to put more stock in our offensive line. Other guy, otherwise, we're just gonna keep losing our quarterbacks because they just keep getting hurt, and their their careers are gonna get cut short. I mean, yeah, they're, now they're in a much more delicate situation with Wentz, but. I think Wentz will have a good season as long as he stays healthy. But yeah, I'm still gonna have to go with Darnold as you know having the better season of the two. Well, then we're gonna have a clean sweep here because I also feel that Darnold's gonna have the better season for pretty much the reasons you said. The Jets, he had a bare bones team, and I think back to when the Eagles played the Jets and Luke Falk had to start because of the whole mono situation with Darnold. Oh and yeah, Luke Falk got destroyed absolutely embarrassed and at first i'm thinking is this guy really that bad but then i realized the team around him was just pure dog shit so you could have put tom brady on that team and they would have been bad you could have put patrick mahomes on that team and they would have been bad literally any quarterback would have looked terrible so that's not donald's fault at all the only reason i don't not even not even shane falco or paul crew could help that team (laughs) (laughs) not even joe flacco could help that team but Carson Wentz oh my God. is soft, and I don't say that because I'm a bitter Eagles fan. I say that because I'm a bitter Eagles fan, and here's why. He showed his true colors during the Green Bay game when he said after the trade, yeah, that was the game for me where I just wasn't the same with management because they benched me. Bro, you were terrible. How can you not handle a simple benching to wake you up? Yeah. So he's yeah. soft. Uh, I really, I, I'm more upset because I feel like an idiot for defending him all these years because really he's not the guy we thought he was. So yeah, Darnold's gonna have a much better season. He's got a better he's not team who around we him. They were. No, he, no, he's <laughs> not who we thought they were, and we let him on the hook, and we're idiots. We're the opposite of Michael Singletary. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I liked, I liked Carson. I know you were on the trade him, uh, keep Nick Foles oh, yeah. fan when I still am to this very. I don't day. blame, I don't blame <laughs> anyone blame anyone for that man it was it was like it was such a hard decision and they went with the youth but man i you know and i i think he had a lot of struggles this year there was a lot of outside factors and, and injuries like we've been oh, the, the team around team. him he's just actually like darnold yeah the team around him didn't help the injuries and also the fact that he had no yeah. offensive line i mean he was taking a lot of sacks because the line was shitty 
But he was also yeah. taking a lot of sacks because he was feeling phantom pressure and rolling out. We didn't have to roll out or right. literally climbing the pocket. He into was shell shocked, man. Yeah, he was seeing ghosts. The whole Darnold, he I'm seeing looked, ghosts. He thing. just, uh-huh. he just yeah. looked. Yeah, that was bad. It was, it was just, it was just the fact of when he left and and he said like the reason is because he didn't didn't like being benched. It's like, dude, you you kind of sucked for like 12 straight weeks. I don't know what to tell you at that point. You kind of, we kind of all were like, we almost like old yellered him. Like we were like, dude, just sit down. Just please put him down now. Like he's going to, he's going to get killed by one of these players. Why don't we just put him down out, out of his misery and just throw the young kid in and Jalen hurts comes in, uh, you know, <laughs> this young, dumb stallion. He's just trying to run for his life. And, like, I think Carson, with his knee injury and his back injury, I think that slowed him down a little bit. He was never the same, honestly. He used to be like that. Yeah, after watching the two of them uh, play between Wentz and Hurts, you'd see Hurts just take off. And then you'd see Carson Wentz try to do the same, and he looks like he's running with a big dump in his pants. Like, what happened? He used to be really, really athletic. (laughs) Dude, that's that's what he used to be able to do. And then it's like, I have ever seen! But yeah, I think I think Donald's gonna end up having the better quote unquote season, at least like the sexier looking one, mm-hmm. because I think Wentz is just gonna do well with the Colts because the Colts are just savages. I mean, their offense is good, but that defense last year was really what was outstanding. They were un they were unbelievable. Yeah, they almost carried uh, I just think Carson Wentz has to Yeah, I just think Carson Wentz has to stay up seventy five percent of the season and Bingo the Eagles third first round pick in 2022 baby let's go yeah i yeah so yeah guys i'm i'd say simple yes or no question do you do you guys still do you think carson once his name will will be revered in eagles history like simple yes or no no i mean he did set some franchise records he was the fastest to or he had the most touchdown passes in the first hundred games or whatever that's i think it's like a I think it's in the middle. But he, I mean, the reason yeah. I say no is he was literally he had to come in to work every Sunday and play at a building where his backup quarterback had a statue out in front. Like you, you can't ever overcome yeah. that shadow of Nick Foles. So no, yeah, he, I, he, I think he's going to be a blip in Eagles history. Is going to help him. Yeah, I, I mean, think the change of scenery is going to really, really help him because honestly. I, I don't know. After that happened, I I feel like you're honestly thinking about it more. Maybe trading would have made. Like, how do you – I remember the, the only argument was like, how do you just get rid of your Super Bowl MVP quarterback? Or how do you just put him back on the bench? But also, like, Carson was the reason they got the number one seed. And Nick Foles – honestly, Nick Foles did not play all that well up until the the Vikings game. And then after yeah. the Vikings game, the whole team was playing well. And, and I remember after that game, I was like, there's no one beating them next next week. Or two weeks from now. I mean, that night I remembered I was like, there's literally zero chance any team in the league could beat them. That that Vikings team was just they walked into a buzzsaw that night. Uh, but the Patriots, yeah, they put up a fight, but people were like, Oh, the Patriots are gonna win. They do this all the time. They already Eagles in 2004. It's like, no, nah, this one's gonna be a little bit different. Put up a I fight. sense it. Put and and we got one of the best the footballs fight. ever, man. Yeah, they put up yeah. but the most yards from the losing the effort, like the fact the Eagles defense didn't even it, show it up was in the, the second half. Nick Foles put the team on his back. Yeah. 550 yards for Brady. Dude, it was the most yard game in history. I'm pretty sure that's still like standing today. Like it was the most yards ever in a football yeah, game. Yeah, most combined yards. Definitely in a Absolutely Super Bowl. Insane. 
One of my friends, I went to Foles high school. Foles caught a touchdown. One of my, yeah, one of my friends I went to high school with, he named his son Carson. I, I, I mean, I can neither confirm nor deny if it was after Carson Wentz, but <laughs> can neither confirm nor, nor deny if it was after Carson Wentz. But definitely the, was, bro. Yeah, Eagles fans, it definitely was. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I might have to message him. Be like, this child born was this child born between 2017 and 2019. It was pretty recent, actually. It's like the opposite of that meme where it's like, why is my sister named Rose? Because <laughs> your mother loved roses. It's like, why am I named Carson? Because I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I might name my first kid Bryce. Bryce is a cool name. And he's going to be around for another 10 years. Cause you're sis- cause yeah, right? <laughs> he's going to be around forever. Cause oh, my God. Completely unrelated. Cause, you, cause your mom loves roses. Thanks, Dad. No problem. In practical jokers reruns. <laughs> All right, but yeah, let's <laughs> let's go across the street from Lincoln Financial Field to Wells Fargo Arena. <clears throat> Wells Fargo Steve, Center. <clears throat> it's Fargo. the Same center. Difference. The center. All right. Well, let's well, talk we got... about your Flyers. All right. Let's can... talk about your Flyers and my can, Rangers. Can we not? What? I'd prefer we don't. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, uh, all right, fine. I, I'm wearing my Flyers jersey today because this might be the last week I can actually wear this jersey while they still have a shot at being in contention because there's, what, like 15 or so games left in the season. Flyers are still a few points back from the final wild card spot, but they had a total stinker over the weekend against the Sabres where they were up 5-3. No, um, they were up 3-2 late in the third, and they ended up losing 5-3. to Like, awful. And this is a day after they just beat the Bruins. So... Flyers are trending in the wrong direction. And if you want to compare them with the Rangers, like it's ironic because the the Rangers and Flyers are both right here. And the Rangers are happy. And the Flyers yeah. are ripping their hair out. Like me, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond pissed. I, I have no words. I'm deflated. I want the season <laughs> to be over already. Meanwhile, you, you're over here. You're, you're, you know, shooting off fireworks at the top of the building because the Rangers are actually decent this year. Why is that? I say it's expectation. <laughs> the Flyers' expectations were to be up here. The Rangers' expectations were like, you know, let's have a decent season. Let's get some experience for our young goalie and our young squad. But no, Flyers up here, Rangers down here, they're both right here. So Flyers are having a bad season. Yeah, I mean, well, what was I going to say? It's it's really, yeah, it really is ironic when you look at the state of both these organizations. Like the Rangers are still, people forget the Rangers are still in a rebuild, whereas mm-hmm. the Flyers are like in the middle of their core. They're, like you said, their expectations are high. Would you put any of the Flyers – before I get into, like, some of the Rangers' successes, do you do you put any of the blame on the coaches? You just want to shit on AV one more time, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, when you guys signed him, not only not only when you guys signed him, but when you brought in Michelle Therrien as, his, as the assistant coach, this is my reaction when I read that. And don't forget Mike Yeo as a bench coach. So, I mean, to be honest, I love that trio of coaches. They've got three head coaches on the bench at all times. Do I believe? Yeah, Mike Yeo, who got fired from the Blues, and the Blues won a Stanley Cup. He's Adam Gase of the NHL. I don't know if I go that far, but anyway, go on. Am I going to blame the coaching staff? Honestly, no, because there's a lot of problems that aren't related to the lines they're rolling out every night. The biggest problem is Carter Hart. What the hell happened, bud? You were a stud last season, and now you're getting outplayed by Brian Elliott. By a long shot, too. It's not even close. So I, I I don't know what happened. I really don't know what happened. I had I drafted Carter Hart on my fantasy team, this and year. you must get, be pissed. No, because get this. I also had Mitch Marner, 
And someone offered me a trade for Mitch Marner and Carter Hart. Guess who they gave me for him? Uh, who? Chesterkin? Connor, Mc- Connor McDavid. Ooh. All right. So you're not and mad. <laughs> no, and here's the thing. I already have Nathan McKinnon on my team. So there you go. But yeah, yeah you're exactly. happy because you got rid of Carter Hart. I'm upset because I got to watch him drag a sorry ass in and out of the blue paint every night. And, you know, I, I'm being a little critical here because he is still young and he's got a bright future. But the Flyers goalie carousel just doesn't fucking end. It's it's yeah, maddening. It's it, maddening it, every season. Like, it, literally, I haven't had not... a single goalie my whole life since, um, shit, honestly, Brizgalov, really, but he was bag of garbage. Um, really, I don't, I can't even remember the last time the Flyers had a, a solid, consistent goalie. I don't think it's ever happened my whole life. Sergei Bobrovsky would have been the guy, but just like the Foles-Wentz situation, they decided to get rid of Sergei Bobrovsky and keep Ilya Brizgalov. Why? I will never know. Paul Holmgren's always on my shit list for that one. But it just sucks. <laughs> the Flyers are running out of time. Like you said, their core is the tick, 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 tick. The Rangers, it's yeah, all ra- bright future. Yeah, the Rangers window isn't even open yet. I mean, people, you know, Kako had a rough year last year. That was Like, here's the thing. I don't know what the nest. Yeah, you pretty much summed up why you know the Flyers are having their failures. The Rangers' failures this year. It's more so. It's not because of like their bad or anything. The, their issue is that they're young. They're 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 kids. Yeah. I think the oldest player on the on the team is Brendan Smith. Is he, and he's going to be gone after this season. And yeah, their issue is rookie mistakes. Like take Kako Capo Kako for example. Last year. You know, he played very timid. Like, I think he was afraid to make mistakes. He was afraid to get in there. You look at him now. Now he's making great plays on both ends of the ice. He's creating turnovers. He's getting chances. You know, you, I want to see him shoot more. Like, you know, he's a little too unselfish. But, you know, he's got – he's getting points lately. I, if I'm not mistaken, him and Lafreniere have three – each have three goals. Their last seven or eight games, one or the other. But yeah, some people were already calling Lafreniere a bust like because he wasn't going well because the season wasn't going well for him. I'm like, okay, he's a one, rookie. How are you a kid, bust? The kid is 19-1. Two, this is the worst season to be a rookie in a, any, I think, in any professional sports league. Yeah. But yeah, because the kid had did not have a full training camp. He did not have a, a preseason. Like, every top overall pick before him had a preseason had a training camp Lafreniere didn't get that but you know mm. you look at him you look at the kids you know they're coming into their own and not, not to mention Adam Fox is probably a Norris trophy if, if he's Adam a gem Fox, yeah if, if Adam Fox is not a Norris trophy candidate this year like I can understand there's Kel McCarr there's Victor Hedman if if Fox is not a, a Norris candidate this year that I'm, that's just flat out blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah. Zabanajad, you know, Zabanajad's kind of, he's well, coming to just his Just real own. quick he's before you do Zabanajad, quick compare and oh. contrast on the Flyers. You've got Fox, who's a rising star. He looks great. And meanwhile, you have the Flyers, who literally Shane just waved Shane Gostas bear. I mean, thankfully, he's still on the team because he didn't get picked up by anybody else. But that is also telling. You just waved who was your stud D-man like three years ago, and nobody else wanted him. Nobody else wanted him. Could like, be worse. Could be Tony D'Angelo. Oh, my God. It's just – I know I'm trying to sell Zach here. I'm being a Flyers fan because he's trying to get into hockey. But but you missed the boat by, like, a decade. The Flyers <laughs> were so hot in, like, 09, yeah. 10, 11. And it's just – it's been a rough couple of years because, Jack, you mentioned the Rangers window. It's not even open. I'd say it's, like, it's a quarter inch open. 
The Flyers' yeah, window like, is also a quarter inch open. The only reason I'm so pissed and you're so happy is the Flyers' your window is it's slamming Jordan's shut. Closing. Yeah, ours is opening. Oh yeah. But yeah, and by the way, people, Ooh, our head coach, sorry, Dave, we are in. Yeah, that's but how the yeah, Flyers Zach, are right now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, Zach, I their teams I hate more well, than the Flyers, even though well, a lot of Raven fans probably hate the Flyers the most. But like, here's the thing: the Flyers are historically a dirty team. But like if and you we were to point it. that out, yeah. If you were to point that out to them or one they of their fans, they'd be like, they'd be like, yeah. At least they're honest about it. Yeah. Like the only problem yeah, is I, the, the era of the enforcer is dead and gone, and the Flyers haven't had a big part- body since Zach Ronaldo. But yeah, I do want to comment on the Rangers coach David I, Quinn. Sorry, Zach. You want to say something? You actually have a hockey thought? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say, uh, you know, not being a hockey fan, it's really just like I listen to a lot. A lot of Philly sports radio, they don't talk about the Flyers at all, which is kind of egregious in my opinion. I think you mm-hmm. should cover all your sports at least a little bit. And all I know is that Carter Hart kid got a lot of attention the past couple of years. And so I know he's probably the future of the team, at least at goalie. Um, but yeah, I mean, just in general, trying to get into hockey, uh, I, I try to keep it open. I don't want to just stick with Philly because I like all Philly sports mostly, you know, but I mean, yeah, I do like that reputation that the fans and the team have, but apparently from what Steve has said to me is that it's like, it is not the Broad Street bullies anymore. It's like Broad Street babies at this point. I just want to make one point, and it's (laughs) honestly of the four major Philly sports teams, I'd say the Flyers fans might be the most passionate, and this is honestly against Eagles fans. Flyers fans are more passionate because there's less of them, and they just care that much more. Like you said, they're not mentioned as much. Right. The the diehard fans, they bleed orange and black. So, like, I'm coming yeah. from a place of I'm so upset of seeing them lose. Like, just like how we all were watching the Eagles trip over their own dicks for decades until they finally won one. The Flyers haven't won one since 75. Yeah, man. 75. They were so close it, in 2010 yeah, until they got drilled too, by the guy they should have had instead of freaking JVR. But don't even get me started on why the NHL sucks at their lottery. <laughs> That's a totally different topic, but yeah, Flyers. I are think great. their lottery's great. Yeah. I think their lottery's yeah, great. Yeah, I'm sure. I bet you. Yeah, the Rangers fan, <laughs> the, the Rangers team that made the playoffs somehow gets the first overall pick. That's not broken. Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, that. Legitimate. I don't understand that lottery shit at all. Whether yeah, I don't but, understand yeah, it for but, the NBA either, honestly. Yeah, it's like you will you you only have Lafreniere because of the way the the season got suspended. Blah blah blah. And I'm just like the Joe Kelly face. Hmm. But anyway, I want to talk about the head coach. <laughs> I want to talk about the Rangers head coach, David Quinn. Like, fans are kind of, like, mixed on him. Like, you go on Twitter, they're calling for his head. I'm like, I don't think I, I'd do that because, you know what? The team's competitive. Like, people are, are mad, like, oh, he's mixing up lines. It's an NHL head coach's job to mix yeah. up lines if nothing's going well. Okay, I could get, you know, sometimes kids need more playing time. But at the same time, when you're a kid, you got to understand the importance of earning your playing time at the same time. And if you look at the Rangers and goals for and goals against, last I checked, this was yesterday, before yesterday's game, they were 10th in goals for. And I think just outside the top 10, just outside the top 10 and fewest goals allowed. I mean, who knows? If this was a regular season and the divisions weren't the way they are and the, it, it wasn't only just conference play, 
the Rangers are probably could probably very well be in a playoff spot right now, but they kind of got like the short end of the stick because they're up against five other teams that have their windows open. So you know, it's great for them. You know, it's great for them to like grow upon great, great experience. But yeah, I don't. I think next year is the year you put David Quinn under the microscope. I think that hiring made sense in the in the sense that you know what he coached at Boston University which is a prominent hockey school. He knows how to like maintain a culture there. So yeah, I don't think you fire David Quinn after this year. He's done good. I, I wouldn't say he's been great. You know, too, he's had too many men on the bench, too many men on the ice penalties, but he's been good. After next year though, I think that's when you truly put him under the microscope because that's when the window is going to be open even more. The Rangers are going to have some more young players. They're going to have Zach Jones, probably Nils Lundqvist, maybe Morgan Barron. But yeah, put David's, Quinn under the microscope next season, not this season. As far as former college hockey coaches go, uh, Quinn's doing a lot better job than a certain Dave Haxtell. Yeah. Zach, just so you know, he was a Flyers uh, head coach a few years back, and he (laughs) was not great. (laughs) He's he's the only – I only know his name because when the radio did talk about them, that's who they talked about, and they did not like him. Yeah, not Ron Hextall. We love him. Dave Hextall, not so. so much. Yeah, one of my one of my yeah, close, yeah one of my friends who's a one of my friends who is a college hockey coach currently. He like he said David Quinn is yeah average right now, average right now. But yeah, I mean I, I'm honestly just a fair weather fan. I I haven't been watching the Rangers that carefully. I'm not a fan at all to be honest. I'm a I'm a Flyers fan, but. You, has, you fucking hate him. has Quinn done anything to warrant this? Like the Rangers are having a good season. All things considered, he's doing really well. Listen, I could say this. I am a New York fan. I am a Ranger fan. Our expectations are so high, Bob. Like our ex- expectations are so high. Like you, we're not winning a championship immediately. Get out. But like, here's the thing. The organization knows like, yeah, this takes time. They released that. They put out that letter in 2018 saying, like, listen, guys, renting a re renting a rebuild. It's gonna take a little time. But yeah, I think Quinn's done a good job. I don't think now's the time to fire him. If if they like really regress, like really regress next season, I think that's when you do can him. But that's yeah, he, he hasn't done anything to to warrant a fire. No way. I say fire him. Let's uh, light the franchise on fire and watch him crumble to the basement. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, some people are calling for Gerard Gallant to replace him. Like, really? The guy has – I get it. He coached the Golden Knights in their first season to a Stanley Cup appearance. But you look at his coaching record, he hasn't made it past his third season with any of the teams he's coached. Like, you're you're acting like you're replacing him with freaking Scotty Bowman or something. Yeah, he's a fart in the wind. But, I mean, you got to give him props for what he did in Vegas. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Insane. All right, boys. I think that's enough hockey for today. Good. We I think we gave hockey more attention than you know Sports Center did the past decade. Um, fifteen years. <laughs> decades. Yeah. Well, who knows? That's changing now that ESPN. You know, it's going to start airing hockey again. But yeah, for the final time, let's for the last topic of the night. Let's get into MLB replay, boys. Yeah. So just real quick, MLB replay. It's been coming a thing for the last decade, and then just last week alone, we had two games where they had a play in the ninth inning. They went to replay, and they didn't correct the call. They left the blown call. So you had the Michael Conforto hit by pitch, which we touched on earlier, and then the Phillies game. 
where they had a play at the plate in the ninth inning. Alec Bohm slides, and they called him safe on the field, take it to a replay. On the replay, you clearly see his foot skip over the base and not actually make contact, and they still call him safe. And I'm over here thinking, what is the point of having replay if it's completely useless? It is literally and my, useless. And my thing is, the calls go to New York, right? It's a third party, right? Yeah, just like that with hockey, they send it to Toronto. Yeah. Baseball, they send it to New York. That makes it even worse. Like, you have a third party. It's like, because, uh, you know, you'll get umpires like Angel Hernandez who have too much pride to overturn their own call. And obviously... Fuck Angel Hernandez. Show. Yeah. We, we got, that was the... We already crapped on Angel Hernandez earlier. No, no, we didn't. We didn't do it enough. We need to keep doing it. Fuck you, Angel you, you, Hernandez. You, you, I'm so sick of never, him. You can never crap on Angel Hernandez enough. But I don't think yeah. we're ever gonna get him on the show. <laughs> Good. No, if, if we ever did, get him, if we ever did get him on the show, it would be like that freaking Zach Galifianakis thing between, between two, two ferns. ferns. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God, the questions that we'd ask. How, how does perfect. it feel to be the consensus? How does it feel to have everyone? have the consensus that you are literally the worst person at your job but anyway but yeah obviously the per but yeah some umpires will have too much pride to overturn their own call obviously the person challenging it thinks it's going their way send it to sending it to a third party should be the best option like the logical option i didn't see i i think i only saw the replay of that that one that play you're talking about once the play with the slide at home i only saw that yeah, I only saw that once, and from what I could tell, he clearly didn't touch so home or whatever. The TV angles they kept showing, it was like, ah, you really can't tell. You might as well just leave it with the call on the field. But they have one shot from behind the plate, like directly behind the plate, where you see his foot clearly skip just over the plate and then land just past the plate. So he didn't touch it. And then, of course, when he was asked about the play after the game, Alec Bohm's, you know, said, hey, were you safe? Are you out? He goes, they called me safe. <laughs> So oh, that's the, the yeah. subtle yeah, way of saying, he, yeah, I fucked up. Obviously, there's times where it's like, well, it's so close. You can't, you don't have definitive evidence. You know, you could ask Calgary, any Calgary Flames fan from 2004. They'll still be screaming that that puck in game six entered the net. But yeah, like and John Davidson said in game, game seven, like, do you think it went in or do you know it went in? I think it in. Okay, it went in. Oh, well, you have to know it went well, in. You know, you know, I still think that goal in the 2010 Stanley Cup, Game 6, didn't go in. The one pass Leighton. I don't think that went in. I want to believe oh. that didn't go in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm getting off topic. But, yeah. You know, like I'll show a little transparency for the broadcast. Like, with the when the XFL, they showed their guy looking at the oh, replay. Yeah. That was yeah, the, the AAF. Yeah, no, that was the AAF. The XFL had a really good thing set up. Oh, the yeah, AF did that? Yeah, no, no, the XF. I, I thought the XFL did that with the the Xbox controller. The guy had an Xbox controller. Oh, really? XFL did do yeah, that. Yeah, he yeah. did. did. Yeah. yeah, but I remember the AAF. They literally had the camera in the booth as the guys were viewing it, and you can hear yeah, him that's what they were, saying yeah. it. It's they need that kind of transparency so that yeah, you don't have yeah, Joe X Buck yeah. and Joe Schmuck saying, "Yeah, like, we think it's gonna be that." Yeah, XFL. Yeah. Like they they showed the guy in the booth, and the guy's like, oh, "Listen, I." I feel uncomfortable keeping this standing, but like I can't like fully confirm that this pass went backwards. Uh, so first off, Alec Bohm, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Uh, I clearly <laughs> saw a molecule, a, a, a tiny sliver of his cleat magically touch the plate. No, it's, it was a BS call. It was an awful call. I mean, I didn't think he was out when I saw it live. 
I, I, I didn't think he was safe when I saw it live. And then I saw the replay and I was like, we got away with one boys. Let's go. That's okay with me. But it was, it was pretty egregious. And, and days after, excuse me, incident, I was like, this is just not looking good. This is just, this is just going to keep getting worse and everyone's going to keep making a shit storm. And I don't know. I mean, like why, 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 replay i just think if you're gonna have replay you either have to be able to review everything or you take replay away that's just the way i think of it because how can you say something is not like okay so the conforto thing apparently that was not reviewable that's what they were all saying judgment call you're right or they were they were looking for i think draw the line i just think I just it, fair, fair. Draw draw the line in balls and strikes. You shouldn't be able to. That's it. That's a judgment call for real. But I don't know how like you can say something's not reviewable. But when you look at the replay, you're like, "There's your answer." Like it's you you got it wrong, yeah. and it affects the game. If it, if it affects the game like that bomb, uh, you know, slide did. I think the Conforto one was a little bit more important. That one actually ended. That one actively ended the game. The the Braves had a whole half an inning and three outs to try and hit Hector Neris, and they didn't do it. But still, it's the same thing where that call changed the outcome. Straight up changed the outcome. And yeah, errors do happen. I think we said this before. Errors do happen. Mistakes happen. But like, if you're going to have review, why? How, how do they still call them safe? How do they still call them safe? <laughs> He was clearly not safe. I just, it's, you know, he is in the in the annals of history. He is now safe at home. Alec Bohm is safe at home. Annals. I, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, like uh, yeah. there's just this whole I'll counter say, argument. I'll say Conforto got hit by a pitch too. Why is the N or the MLB trying to speed up games and you know pace of plays their whole thing, and yet they want replay and they waste our time just to have the wrong call still upheld? Right. It makes me think. Do you guys watch tennis? Do you watch tennis at all? No. All right, so really, tennis no. replays are what should be used across the board in every major sport. They have, like, I forget the name of the system off the top of my head, but they can literally pinpoint where the ball landed on the court. Why can't you do that in every other sport? Oh, I have seen that. It's insane. Yeah, that I've seen, that, yeah. That is, I, mean, I don't that know, is, man. I, I don't know how... I don't know how you go to replay and then still come up with the same answer when it's pretty... I thought that was pretty obvious. I know that they stick with it if it's not inconclusive i thought that was inconclusive yeah we were talking about this before with like the angel hernandez call in cleveland that like really screwed the a's over when that was clearly a home run but anyway zach didn't mean to interrupt that's because fuck that's because fuck angel hernandez though i don't know why i have to keep saying this i mean like he just sucks as an umpire like you kind of expect that i don't remember the guy's name that did the the bomb or the conforto uh mistakes but it's just like those are human errors. It's just it's infuriating to me that like it's not the mistake, it's the fact that you looked at it and said, "Yeah, that's good." Like, no, no, there's no way that should be acceptable, especially that Conforto one where literally the game ended that way. They can, yeah, they can do like a special the one was egregious. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. Like even the Mets were, and Mets announcers were not happy. Keith Hernandez pretty much did the exact opposite of Jack Edwards of the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, so you think they it, they can't change the Conforto play because it's a judgment call and you can't change that. All right, how about this? Think about in basketball in the last two minutes, 
everything is reviewable. Every goddamn thing mm-hmm. under the sun mm-hmm. is reviewable. How many times you blinked is reviewable. Why can't you do that yeah. in the ninth inning? MLB, carte blanche. Yeah. Even, or even just the last out. Everything. Yeah. Review everything. Review the sun yeah. position. You're like, it's, it's, I'm surprised the MLB didn't make this a rule. Like, the, the, the NHL made the Avery rule immediately after Sean Avery's, like, little stick torture torment of Mar- marty brodor in the playoffs hilarious oh seven yeah in oh six or oh seven i forget which one but any or was it oh eight no not oh eight uh, i'm forgetting the years but yeah they had they they came out with that rule like the next day the avery rule mm-hmm. i'm surprised the mlb didn't put out anything recently like anything within the next few days of that whole conforto thing happening yeah i mean granted how many days removed are are we it's from about a week uh, less just under a week still as of right now oh yeah so it's That's right the point being the fact that conforto happened and then bohm happened a few days later you, you kind of have a problem you know granted it, it's a yeah. small you know small window here but it's it's, it's gonna keep happening yeah it is it really is but yeah mlb i guess yeah mlb needs to fix their replay if you ask me, I want replay the heck out of the game, but it's I'm an old baseball fart. You'll hear that come I mean, up in I'm later episodes. Baseball, I mean, I'm an old baseball fart too, but at the same time, it's like I want something that's clearly wrong to be overturned. Like the like I think you still need replay. Like, say, for example, Angel Hernandez blows three calls in one game, gets them all overturned. Yeah. Oh, I'm drawing a blank yeah. here. Who was that Tigers pitcher that had the perfect game blown? On a bad call, Galarraga. Yeah, Armando Galarraga. I will, I will give Jim Joyce this. Painful. He felt, yeah, he felt First awful at that. Yeah, yeah, Jim Joyce felt awful after that happened, and I will give him credit. He truly owned up to his mistake. Who knows what would have happened? You know what could have fixed that though? If you had a special rule that said either the final out or the ninth inning, everything's reviewable. Just that's saying. right. Just saying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We we just only way to make it, it right. Not Manfred, give us a job. We just solved your replay issue. <laughs> I think right, we boys, ended on a high note. Any... That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys. What do you? Anything else you want to talk about, or I think we should start wrapping up. Yeah, I'm I think uh, I'm. I'm still. I I do this. I don't know where we do this, but I think we should do a a draft watch. We should do a a a uh, what what's it called? Oh, the watch party watch party watch party that's the word a party um, where we for watch. the nfl draft because i've been paying attention to it so hard i've been paying attention so hard and i i believe uh i don't i don't like reaction channels or anything like that but i believe my reaction to the draft is either going to be like good job or it's just going to be blackout rage angry uh you never know with howie roseman picking for the eagles and i want to see jack be like yay Oh, we're Got absolutely going to get a, a Jack reaction video, and it's going to be up on like the YouTube and the Insta. It's on, guys. The first round of the draft is on my birthday. Remember that. So you're going to get a big old box of disappointment. So it's got to happen. Well, don't the Jets yeah, I mean, have? How many firsts do they have? Two. Yes, the worst birthday gift any of my sports teams have given me was the Rangers in 2017 when John Gabriel Pajot scored four, three or four goals against us in Game Two. Oh, God. That wraps it for tonight's episode. If you've <laughs> liked watching or listening, be sure to leave a like and subscribe to us on whatever platform you may be listening to us. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bunts Podcast. This is Lonnie alongside, alongside Brick and Zach Daniels. Have a wonderful night, everyone. Bye.